For those of you that have listened to the first 47 episodes of Substitute Teachers Lounge, and there's some of you out there, I know if you had to pick an overall theme, it would be to have fun in class. You know I like to joke around. You know I like to be funny. And Teresa wrote a book, The Joke Machine, and she's going to talk to us today about laughter in the classroom. You're going to love it. All right, let me go ahead and give to you, before I forget, all of the information you're going to need about Teresa. First of all, now I'll have all these in the show notes as well. Always know that you can find the show notes at the bottom of the episode. So if you pull up your episode on Apple or Buzzsprout, you can find those show notes right underneath the arrow where you start the episode. So remember that. So her Twitter handle is at Teresa, Teresa underscore Julian. Now, the way you spell that is T-H-E-R-E-S-A underscore J-U-L-I-A-N. So that's Teresa underscore Julian. That's her Twitter. Now, The Joke Machine is the name of her book. You can buy that anywhere where books are sold, but I will have the direct Amazon link to that book in the show notes as well. You can click right on there. It will take you directly to the book, and you can buy it that way. I actually bought it on Kindle because I like to highlight things. I told her, too, you'll hear me tell her that I might steal some of her jokes to use in the classroom. But, you know, let's face it, guys. We want to be able to connect with our students when we're teaching, especially a lot of us are off now. We've got there's no reason to just do nothing until August when we all go back to school. So, you know, these are she has great ideas in this book about how to brush up on adding the ways to connect to your students in the classroom. One of those big ways is laughter. So she's got this book. She'll mention another type of book. I can't wait to buy it because to be honest, I am always looking for new material. I'm not sure what I've ever written myself. I've usually borrowed most of my lines from somebody else, but you'll hear about all that. The joke machine, the book will tell you exactly exactly what to do. Her website is TeresaJulian.com. You can go there. And in case I forget, since I'm talking about it, let me go ahead and mention to you that you can reach me at GregCollinsSubstitute at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at SubTeachLounge. Let me tell you that last week's episode with Vanessa and her family Oh, man, it really took off, and we are doing both YouTube versions now in addition to just the audio podcast. So you can also hear Teresa's video version. You can see the video version of the podcast at our YouTube channel, which you know what it's going to be. It is Substitute Teachers Lounge. We have a Facebook page, also Substitute Teachers Lounge. And because of that video last week, 
we gained a lot of new followers there. Now, I'm trying to interject new topics in there so I can get some discussion going. Most people are just watchers at the po- at this point. So I want you all to get in there and start making comments. And, and, you know, we have the advantage now of being on both video and audio. The video has taken off faster than I ever dreamed it would. Can't believe it took me 45 episodes, basically, to figure out I should be doing that. So, And thank goodness for Zoom. You know, Zoom is by far, since we've all been off, the most popular platform for not just interviewing, but for having meetings. A lot of churches are doing that. Zoom's giving churches free accounts on some occasions to help out with that. So I appreciate them. If you go to the hardcore audio people, they're going to tell you maybe there's better sites than Zoom, but Zoom's the most popular. That's what I go by. And, you know, it's kind of becoming a a catchphrase while we're all in the house. Let's Zoom with each other. So I hope you uh, take advantage of that when you can. We did our Easter video that way. So with my family. So I don't want to hold you up anymore. Uh, join all of Teresa's social media, join all of my social media, and let's get on with the interview. All right, guys, I want to introduce to you today somebody that is going to make you laugh, and you all know me well enough by now to know that's what I like to do. Now, I forgot to ask you in the pre-meeting, is it Teresa or Theresa? How do you pronounce it? It is Teresa. Okay, so the H is silent, basically. Gotcha. Uh, She wrote a book called The Joke Machine that I have read cover to cover. It's right up my alley. You all know that I basically have the mental capacity of a 12-year-old anyway, so I think this is going to go really well, but Teresa, we're glad you're here today. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about about your background and how you came to write this book? Sure. Well, um, so I was an English major in college, and I just, I always loved books and writing and stories, and um, when I graduated from college, I uh, became a technical writer, so I had corporate jobs most of my life. But I wrote on the side and I started writing fiction because I I just love fiction and stories. And I was writing for middle grade children, which is ages 8 to 12. And my stories were okay, but they they weren't quite good enough to be published. And I started thinking to myself, you know, if I could add humor to my fiction, I bet it would be really good. I bet then it would sell. And I started researching humor and I I started like really loving it because it's just, I found that there's kind of a science to it. And and I was amazed that it's something that can be learned because I grew up thinking that, you know, either you're born with the funny gene or you're not. Me too. But but it really is a skill. And I just enjoyed learning it so much that I decided to put my fiction aside and to write a nonfiction book about how to be funny. And ironically, that's the one that's old. And um, I, I actually have uh, more books coming out about humor. I have another one coming out about physical humor. And it's just, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to turn into a series about, you know, different types of humor. So. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. By the way, listeners, I will, uh, in the show notes to this episode, I will put down both the name of the website and a link to how you can buy that book. I noticed on Amazon, it's five stars, so it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many books I've, I buy. I'll probably read 20, 25 books a year. 
not too many of them have five stars to be perfectly honest. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I noticed on your website, you mentioned Amazon Rapids. What have you published to that? I'm not that familiar with that. Okay. Well, actually it's now defunct, but it was a very, very cool Amazon app where it okay. tried to get middle grade kids reading. So it was, th- there were short stories told in text message format on your phone. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And it was a subscription service. It didn't quite take off, but it, it was a very cool app while it was out there. Yeah. I, I like the sound of it. And the grades you're mentioning right now are the ones that I substitute teach. I normally don't do a whole lot of elementary school or things like that. Do you have humor around your family as well? I do. I do. To the point of driving them crazy like I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, I like, you know, I like to be the life of the party and kind of joke around with everybody, no matter what situation I'm, I'm in, but it, it always drives my family crazy. So just talk to us why why it's aimed at this target audience and, and just, just go, you know, go in any direction you'd like to go at this point. Um, it's aimed at this audience. Cause I, I thought it just seemed so natural to, to roll it out to this audience. I think younger would have been, they wouldn't have understood it and older. They might not have been that interested. Whereas I just remember from my middle school days and, and I have four children, I have two are boys and I just remember they loved humor and middle grade boys love humor and they are just so, that's the way they talk to each other, you know, teasing each other and hitting yes. each other over the head and spilling milk on each other and that crazy stuff. And, and I just thought it would just be so perfect for that age group. Yes, that sounds great. You know, and I've noticed that age group too, a lot of times just cutting up with each other kind of brings people out of their shell a little bit and, I've done that in the classroom myself, trying to get them to talk more. So I, I totally support that. What would you like to share with substitute teachers who think they would like to better connect in the classroom? Okay. So Greg and I talked about this ahead of time. And so I came up with seven ways that I think substitute teachers can use humor in their classroom. Okay. So first, um, they can use it to connect with kids. And I think it's a great way to build rapport and trust. And, you know, a substitute teacher is someone who just walks into a room, may, may be cold, right? Do, doesn't right. know the kids, doesn't know the... Sometimes they're long time subs, but sometimes they're not. And it, it's a really good way to connect and build rapport. And I thought they could even, you know, start the day with a joke or start each subject with a joke. And on my website, I actually have a lot of subject-specific jokes, like science oh, jokes, yes. blah, blah. so if you want to you know, use jokes in the classroom. Um, I think you can use it to diffuse conflict. Um, you know, if two kids, like, I, I'm just, let me give you an example. Um, like, I remember when I was in school that people were always fighting to who's first online. <laughs> so if that's happening and the substitute teacher comes in and, and d- didn't see who's first in line, you could use a joke to, like, diffuse that conflict. And because... Who are they going to pick? Had they, they weren't there. So they could say something like, you know, whoever can answer this joke, you're first online, you know. Gotcha. So maybe a joke like, um, Greg, why was the math book so sad? I don't know. Why was the math book so sad? It had too many problems. <laughs> so that's an example. Okay. A third way um, 
engage or re-engage their interest. You know, perhaps if this, the lesson is going on long and there's lots to teach, you know, surprise them and say, okay, I'm going to wake you up with a joke. And, and you know, you could have a, a subject-specific joke. Like, um, what's the difference between drinking three sodas and going to the bathroom? You know, I'm going to get one of these right eventually, but I don't know. About 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, a fourth way is to use a joke as a reward. Um, so, you know, you're going through the lesson and say, oh, we've got five more minutes. You know, please pay attention. Um, if, if we get through the next five minutes, I have a bunch of really great jokes for you. So here's one. Where do you go when your dog needs a new tail? I don't know. <laughs> the retail store. Okay. Um, use a joke to select a student for a task. Like I remember when I was in school, for some reason, it was such a great thing to be selected to bring the attendance envelope down to the attendance office. I don't know. Everyone fought for that task. Um, and a substitute teacher, like they, you know, they might not know the kids. They don't want to pick a favorite. So right. you know, whoever can answer this joke, you're the one who gets to bring the envelope down. So let's see. Where do burgers go to dance? Where do burger? Where do burgers go to dance? Man, here I, I always thought I was a clever person. I can't come up with the answer to any of these. Go ahead. The meatball. <laughs> Can I ask you something real quick? Real sure. quickly? I used my adverb correctly there. <laughs> the, uh, the jokes that are in the book, I mean, I, I read everything through Kindle. So I highlight a lot of things. Did you come up with all of those? Not all of them. I okay. All right. Because that was pretty clever. Yeah. I came up with about 60% of them. Okay, that's For good. Some of like classic jokes, which we do have the right to use, you know, why the chicken cross the road, something like right, that. Right, right. So we use some classic jokes, but most of them, because they had to fit into those real specific categories of each chapter, I, I really wound up making up a lot of them myself. Yeah. You want to know one of my favorite ones from your book? Can I say that? Sure. Yes, please. I like the one where you mentioned, I forget what section it was in about which came first, the chicken or the egg. So I ordered both from Amazon to decide to figure out which one came first. I really like that one. I like that. One. I liked a lot of them. I didn't mean to get, get you out of your, your progression there. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. Okay. So number six, the sixth way you could use humor in the classroom is for a substitute teacher to build a reputation. Um, like I know they're there to teach obviously, but you know, being a popular fun teacher isn't a bad thing. So, you know, right. Absolutely. So bringing humor and jokes into the classroom, you know, as long as you're integrating them appropriately, I think super positive thing. Yes. Um, and my seventh way is to use humor to teach, which is what my book is about. Um, it's, there's, there's a lot in my book and it's too much to go through right now. But right. Um, if, if you have an English lesson where you're teaching creative writing or expressing yourself um, more creatively or teaching something like, um, you know, compare and contrast metaphors, homonyms, homophones, something like that. Like my book sure. talks about all, all those different types of things and how you could use humor to, um, to, to express yourself more creatively. So, Right. I, I like that. You know, one of the things I always try to do too, and it's, it's basically exactly what you're saying. I always tote a small whiteboard around with me and I'll tack it up outside the classroom 
when I'm teaching for more than just a day. And I'll put some of the one-liners or, or and sometimes I'll just put the, I won't put the punchline on there. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for the classroom and we'll talk about it. And then sometimes I'll let them challenge themselves. Now that I've read your book and, and got a better feel for how to do that, I can see ongoingly, you know, maybe challenge them to come up, especially if I'm in there for several days, come up with your own joke. Let me give you a topic or maybe let me give you everything but a punchline and see who comes up with the best answer. So I can just see this going all directions. Right. I mean, you really do learn a lot about words and the placement of words and, you know, uh, the, the like rhythm of words by trying to create jokes. So I think it's just such a valuable subject to study. I don't know. I love it. I, I do too. You mentioned creative writing. Is it your theory that kids can punch up what they write for their teacher by adding some humor in this regard? Absolutely. And I, I think, think so too. And I think if a teacher's reading 30 papers and one happens to be funny, it makes them Oh yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a better grade. So it's, it's not a bad thing. And you know, it, it's a great skill to develop as a kid because you could use it through life. Yes. I mean, yes. You know, even in your professional career. If you're making a speech or any kind of public speaking, it's most people start with a joke or try to add something. Yes. And I like, you know, I had never thought about it. I guess I had, but subconsciously the way you structure, I mean, maybe come up a couple of chapters, you come up with an idea first and then create the joke around that idea. And that would be perfect for what you were just talking about. Channel it to the group you're talking to, even if you hear a joke that's funny, make it more personal when you get to that group. You know, I picked that up while I was reading the book too. So I really enjoyed it. You did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Tell us, you mentioned you're writing other things. What other things do you have in your future? Okay. Um, so the next book that's coming out in the fall of 2021 is a book. Okay. About Cranking, and it's going to be in the same lines as the joke machine. It's going to be the similar characters, Dr. Crankshaw and Lola, and a kind, kind of like the second book in the series. So it's going to teach kids how to prank, but it's also going to teach them a lot about physical humor. Okay. So, yeah, so it's going to teach them, like, you know, how to use funny faces and funny voices and crazy arms and legs and different acting and physical humor in their pranks. Yeah, I like that. I like that. One of my all-time favorite comedians is Dick Van Dyke from the right. 60s. And he was, you know, to me, he was a physical comedian before his time. Now you think about like Jim Carrey and people like that, or even Michael Richards from Seinfeld. He was a big physical comedian. Right. But uh, I think all that's important. I think all that's important. You know, I have accidentally stepped in a, a trash can in the classroom. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> but, you know, you make it into something funny, and they love it. They love it. They love that kind of thing. Right. Really good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been great having you here today. Are there any closing thoughts you would want to share with us before we get out of here? Um, no closing thoughts. I mean, just... Keep laughing, keep it light. I mean, you know, we're, I, I don't know when people are going to be seeing this, but we're in the middle of a lockdown now, right? Right. Serious time. And, 
it, it's really important to keep laughing and to, to oh no doubt about it because there's there's a lot of not nice stuff happening out there right and you know you could not to speak towards people that have medical issues with this but you know you can be depressed about it or you can try to stay upbeat about it and humor is one of the ways that will help us to do that right for sure right well loved having you here today you and your family i wish the best of health to you and I'll be watching for the new book and I'll remind the listeners that we'll have, I'll have the links on the show notes and you have a great week. Great. Thank you, Greg. You too. Have a All great right. Week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. Great stuff there from Teresa Julian. I really like what she had to say. You know, I remembered you heard me mention in there that one of my all time favorite comedians is Dick Van Dyke. Bless his heart. He is still alive at 94 years old. I remember it's just been maybe five years ago. So at the most. They honored him at some kind of award show, and he was in Mary Poppins, of course, and he still got out there and did that Mary Poppins dance that he did as a chimney sweep in that movie, and it was, you know, I can't believe the guy is still going strong at 94 years old. One of the things that Teresa mentioned in her first point was to start the day with a joke, and one of the things I'm doing while I'm shut in is watching a lot of stuff that's on Netflix and Hulu, some of the original stuff, but those channels have a lot of the old shows too. So I like to go back and remind myself what humor was back in the sixties. For instance, the Dick Van Dyke show is one of my favorites. So I actually came across a couple of episodes this week. One was the very first one and they were singing a song when they were performing in that show to start the day with a joke and everything will be okie doke. Now that is about as corny as you can be. That was funny back in the 60s. I think it's funny now. I can see something like that making my students laugh in a classroom. So thank goodness that even though we all might be going through some unfortunate situations, try to keep some humor, try to stay upbeat, try to add laughter in appropriate places and at appropriate times, and it kind of helps loosen people up, and, and I'm glad that we all have the gift of humor. Please buy Teresa's book, The Joke Machine. You'll find the link right there on my show notes. It will help you in the classroom. It'll give you something to read this summer. A lot of us are not going back to substitute teaching until August now. Kentucky is in that situation. I know a lot of other states are too. We hope that we get back to normal. Who knows what the new normal is going to be? Who knows what handshakes will become now? But let's in everything... Remember to have a sense of humor and to add laughter to our situations. Next week, we've got an episode coming up. I won't tell you who I'm interviewing, but while we've been down, sometimes a lot of us have gone through like parades through areas where our kids live just to let them know that we're missing them. And sometimes it makes us think that, you know, maybe I didn't treat that kid as well as I should. Everybody it's kind of brought it out of us now that we want to give everybody treat them all with respect. And we're going to talk about that with our guests next week, treating every child with respect, 
regardless of their situation or background. So we look, we'll look for you next week, episode 49 of Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.